From locking in new clients with proposals and contracts to automated invoicing and making sure you get paid, Harlow has you covered. Harlow is built by freelancers for freelancers, so they truly understand how you work and what you need to run a thriving freelance business. With Harlow, you can send professionally designed proposals with integrated e-signatures to get your projects kicked off with ease, easily invoice clients and accept payments with the click of a button, get a single view of all your clients and all related documents, meetings, and tasks, stay on top of your projects and to-dos, and track your time all in one place. Gone are the days of managing your business in spreadsheets, forgetting to invoice, and generally feeling scattered. Harlow is here to help solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. Get started today at meetharlow.com. Big thank you to them for sponsoring this season of the Creative Class Podcast. Thanks, Harlow. If you're in the freelance space is, what do we think about these tools that use AI or that basically are, are trying to like eat our lunch, like, right? They're trying to like take the place of freelancers. Is that true, first of all? And second of all, what do we need to know about them? What are, how do we need to be thinking about them and, and what's their place overall in this landscape? So I think we should start with talking about our personal experiences, trying some of these. I know that for me, I one example of this is I use Grammarly Premium on a regular basis just because it speeds up my editing process. I know that's not, that's not super considered like a fancy new tool. But there's also tools like from Writer, there's copy.ai. So a lot of the experience I have is using tools kind of within that writing sphere. And my stance on them is that they're not at the point yet where they're going to replace a really talented writer. And one of the questions we got was related to this. And the question was, how do you develop your point of view and taste and win clients through that above all else, given that generative AI is about to kind of make just the standard content design, whatever it is, meaningless or take it off the table as far as work goes. So yeah, that's that's something to think about. How can you position yourself as somebody with really great taste or really great specialized skills that go above and beyond what AI and tools like that can offer? What's, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think that's a great entry into this topic because we've even seen, yeah, like, we can speculate and say that AI tools are a bit off, but like a bit off from impacting a freelancer or an artist's job. But I mean, we've even seen recently, what was it like uh, two weeks ago, uh, the AI generated work, Teatre de Opera Spatial. I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce it. I'm trying here, but it just took like first place category in a digital category in, in digital art in the Colorado State Fair, right? Photo editing tools, Right. If you're a photographer, a marketer, or whatever, designer, like they've been using AI, right? Those like automatically generated to fix your photos. And they've, they, they, those have, we've been seeing those AI works for a while now. And even in that space, there's still demand for photographers, for writers, uh, for sure. designers, even using those tools. So, you know, my take on it is that even with that like AI generated art piece, like, there had to be some human thought behind it, right? Like whether you're, cause you know, there, I think Jarvis AI also has like uh, AI mm -hmm. generated art. So like mm -hmm. there has to be some human input into the AI. So do I think that they're going to take us over like everyone soon? No, but maybe there are ways that we can work with these AI tools to make our work more efficient or better 
or, you know, and just maybe save some money on the side. Mm-hmm. So Kelly, what, like in your line of work, like what have you tried and what has, you know, worked or failed? Yeah, I've experimented with some of the AI powered copywriting tools just to kind of see what they're about. My take on them is that they can be used as a jumping off point if you're feeling stuck, if you have writer's block, if you're feeling like you want some ideas and you don't have anybody else around to bounce ideas off of. This is this is an option that can make that easier. However, I will say that it's not at the point yet where it can do what I would consider the level of work that I'm doing, right? It doesn't have the subject matter expertise. It doesn't have the connections to industry experts where you know, external points of view can be pulled in. It doesn't have the categorical knowledge to where making references to other contexts that make sense, synthesizing data. So it's not going to do a deep dive in regard to content right now. And that's something that I can still bring to the table. And I think that's something that I really talk about in the value-oriented conversations when we're talking about pricing or when I'm trying to win a client is talking about those value adds that I bring to the table, which kind of distinguish me from a tool like AI-powered tool that's that's maybe cheaper and can push things out at scale faster than I could as an individual. But the quality of work is totally different and the, the frame of reference is totally different. And I know that this has been a big, this has been a hot topic lately because with things like Dali artists specifically are feeling like, oh my gosh, like there's not going to be any use for me anymore because what these tools are kicking out is like so incredible. So what would you say to like an artist or a graphic designer or somebody in that field who's feeling that way? Do you, what are your thoughts right now? Like, do you have any words of wisdom? So my, in in one sentence, I'd say, don't let the AI scare you, right? Like there, yes, like sure. an AI can pump out or generate, which is, I guess, the term of use these days, um, they can generate pretty things, but they still have yet, in my opinion, to develop, like you said, like a point of view, right? Like the AIs Mm -hmm. can't develop a point of view yet. They still need you to go in there. Like, for example, I had a, I used, (laughs) I had a small stint as a freelance photographer a long time ago, and even like in editing photos and everything. And the people, they could have went to just do like the AI generated tool, right? Like they could have mm-hmm. just went to Lightroom or whatever and just let like let it happen on its own. But the people whose photos I was editing came to me because I had a <laughs> I had like a dark and moody style. It was like it was mm-hmm. a style that was kind of popular. Um like 10 not 10. I forget how long ago it was maybe like 10 years almost at this point. But I had a good style in that sense. And people would come to me and be like, can you edit this photo to make it look more like this, you know, and I mm-hmm. think that that applies to a lot of different areas, right? Like in design, they're coming to you because you have a specific design. If you're an artist, they're coming to you because they're looking to buy a specific style of art, you know, like even in the face of with the NFTs, there's NFTs are like riddled with like the AI generated art. And some of them are really cool. Um, and these artists behind the AI generated art have created great things. But there's also people like Railers Dam, which is an art, an NFT artist, and he has such a wild, crazy style. And he's he became really popular over the past like NFT boom because of his unique style that like cannot be generated by an AI. It can only come from his brain and his experience right. and his thoughts. And that's how I see like AIs in general. Like, yes, even in terms of content, you can use the best 
you know, co-write by writer is one of the best tools out there. It's also wildly mm-hmm. expensive, but <laughs> you, <laughs> you can use it, but it'll never give you the interview sources, right? It can't interview someone to sure. add credibility to your article. It can't, it can't find, you're the only person that could find an example that supports the idea. That's like a fresh new example. Like only you can go and search people's uh, product pages or softwares and try the software and then talk about it in an article. And AI can't do that. It may be able to mm-hmm. say, like, give you a spit out a definition for like, what is a card reader? You know, or like, what is marketing? Right. You know, or like, what is design? Like, sure, it could spit something out like that. I don't think that it takes much brain power to, to define what marketing is anyway. But if you're going to create something that's unique and different and special to you, AIs aren't that scary. So we're kind of like you were saying, like, I think they can fit into a freelance business if you wanted to. But at the end of the day, like people are going to come to you for your perspective and your, you know, style of work and the things that you do. Are you managing your business or using multiple tools? Or are you still using spreadsheets in your notebook to stay on top of work? It's probably time to upgrade. Harlow is an all-in-one freelance tool that helps solopreneurs get organized, save time, and look professional. With automated invoicing, proposal templates, and much more, Harlow has everything you need to run a thriving freelance business. Check it out for yourself at meetharlow.com. Sure. Yeah, and I think that this makes a really strong case for a couple of things. Number one, specialization. So being the go-to person for a very specific type of service for a very specific type of client, that specialization and that kind of niching down for subject matter expertise makes you more valuable as a go-to, like really well-versed person in a very specific type of work. So I think that there's never been a stronger case for really specializing and, and focusing on one super narrow area that you devote kind of your knowledge, your research, all of those things to. I think it also makes a case for for like people on the design side of things, um, really developing a signature style or being becoming known for a specific type of artistry. And again, this is a type of specialization. So I, I like to think of it as like, sure, you could call a muralist. And if you were getting a mural painted, for example, on your business, you had a business in town, you wanted to get the, the wall painted. You could, you could hire somebody who frames himself as an artist, right? You don't really know what their area of specialization is, but if you want the really, really great person, you're going to hire a muralist with a body of work who's done beautiful murals that are in the style of type of mural that you want on your building. So having a really curated portfolio and again, specializing, niching down, developing deep subject matter expertise, I feel like is the way to distinguish yourself from these tools. And I would go on to say that AI-powered tools can also be an advantage. Like you said, you can use them within your own business. Now, they might be cost prohibitive, so it might not be at the at the point in time where it's something that's affordable for your business. But if you find tools that make it easier for you to outsource kind of rote tasks that you find really tedious, then that's a way for you to become more efficient. So you could use them to your advantage. Totally. And even like you were saying with they can even be a jump off point. You know, you do briefs for your work, for your writers. Mm-hmm. You could use an AI tool to kind of give you that jump off point 
And then you can kind of flush out the brief. So maybe it saves you a half hour, 45 minutes. You know, sure. there are plenty of tools out there that can round up that data and spit it out really quick. And that's where I think AI is really come into play, right? Like Bloomberg mm-hmm. uses cyborg technology for um, to spit out financial reports and the Associated Press does the same thing. But they're not Perfect. they're not hiring, they're not using AIs to write like all of their newsworthy content. Like, yes, those are important things, but it's just a data roundup. They don't need you or me or someone else in there being like, and today Coca-Cola reports, blah, blah, blah. It's like they could just get the data to come through through an AI and it saves them time. And that's where I think these AI tools really come into play in creative industries also. Again, like you're saying, if it's just like data that you need, why go out searching for yourself? Why go out searching for all of it by yourself? If you could just have an AI rip through the internet in five minutes and spit that data out to you that you need. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it can be something, you know, don't don't work harder, work smarter. And you could use it to your advantage. I think the other thing to think about here is we're in a really interesting time right now. So even in the context of web design, you have like no code tools, you have these drag and drop website builders where people are like, I don't need to hire a designer, I can do this myself. Again, this is a moment where that specialization makes you make a stronger case for being hired over somebody just building it themselves. So for example, Paul Jarvis, who I used to host this podcast with, he specialized on a very specific type of web design style for uh, like yoga instructors. That was kind of his niche Mm -hmm. there for a while. So people came to know him as the guy who builds websites for high-end yoga professionals, right? So that's so specific. It's so granular, but it's easy to remember. It's sticky. And I think when people want something very specific and and the people who are willing to invest in a really high quality product, they want to go to that go-to person. So some people are, are really hesitant to specialize and to niche down because they feel like it limits their opportunity. But I would argue that I think it opens more do- doors because then people are able to refer projects more easily because they know you're the go-to person for that one specific thing. So like in my case, for example, people come to me through referrals because they know that I'm like the go-to or one of the go-to people for e-commerce platform related content, specializing in like SEO and and it's super long form and it's evergreen. It's super well-researched. It's got external sources tied in. So what can you do to make your offering a little bit tighter and how can you make it more specific? And what things can you do to really distinguish yourself and stand out in this increasingly crowded marketplace of people who are doing freelance work? I wanted to ask you, are there things that you have done to make your business offerings more specific and tailored to like a a more specialized demographic of clients? Is that something that's evolved over over time with your business? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it eventually... I used to write about everything and then it slowly started coming down to then I write about software and then it started coming down to I write about e-commerce topics and now it's come Mm -hmm. down to almost to the point where I'm almost doing just refreshing content, building those types Mm -hmm. of systems for enterprise companies. And that that's actually become my niche hasn't even become like a type of client, like whatever industry they're in. It's become a specific need that they need, um, right? And so, so I mean, yeah, it's, it's naturally evolved into that based off of like where I saw economic opportunity, what I liked doing and what the trend was really talking about. And there was so much conversation about 
content refreshing in general, just like across the board in like Twitter conversations, LinkedIn. I saw it in people's newsletters just starting to talk about it, but no one was really doing it. Um, and that's how I kind of mm-hmm. found my niche into there. And, you know, like we obviously use AI tools, like even if they're not just AI, I mean, I don't use AI writers. I've tried them. Um, they're not that great, <laughs> but, you know, there are so many tools like ClearScope that have AIs inside of them that help, right, spit out the data that you need to make these refreshes more effective. Um, and even in the sense of like drag and drop, right? Like I think GoDaddy now has an AI, like an AI will just build your website based on what you put into it, right? I'm pretty sure that's GoDaddy. Oh, yeah, like you just input some stuff and they spit out an entire website for you. But even on top of that, and you see it in like Shopify experts, like when you go through those types of marketplaces, mm-hmm. businesses still businesses that use those AIs still need customization on top of it. And that's where I think, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the case of web design, in maybe even in Paul's case, if he was still operating as that as a designer now, you know, maybe people come to him and be like, uh, I did my, <laughs> I did this AI generated site, but I need more. Like <laughs> it still doesn't speak right. to me. Like I still I love the way that you do things. Can you can you build on top of this? You know, or can you fix this right. essentially? Um, and yeah. so like Yeah, can you fix this? Yeah. And it kind of makes a full circle into saying like people are gonna come to you still like for that tone of voice and or I mean for your perspective on things and the way that and your style and your personality too. You know, like AIs don't have a personality, but Kaylee has a personality, right. Mike has a personality, Paul has a personality and through the ways that you get yourself out there and talk about yourself, people learn that personality and then they may decide to work with you. Yeah. So I think the bottom line here is, you know, don't be afraid of the tools. Don't think that they're going to take your job. I don't think we're at that place yet, but I think it's it's worth staying well-versed on how they work, how they can maybe complement the services you already have. But I think you also brought up an interesting point about how you need to listen to what your clients are talking about, or maybe do some customer research and figure out like, what are those, what are the gaps right now in the market that maybe I could fill with a new service or a more specific offering that's going to address a need that exists within the clients that you work with. For you, it was content refreshing. For me, I was hearing a lot about uh, people who had podcasts who wanted them turned into not just show notes, but kind of like a narrative style blog post Mm. recap. And so that was a productized service that I started putting together with Content Remix. So again, you have to be listening. And and again, this is something that AI can't do. AI can't listen and spot those gaps and then, again, present a really valuable offer to those clients who need that type of service. So you have to be aware of what's happening in your space. You have to ask questions and be curious and then step in with offerings that are, are best suited. Any parting wisdom on this particular topic that maybe we haven't touched on yet? Not really. Just remember to look at AIs as like they can synthesize and spit data out, but they'll never have your beautiful and unique brain. Yeah. One final question for you, sort of out there, but are you personally afraid of artificial intelligence replacing human beings? Because I am. Have you seen those videos of the robots like doing somersaults and jumping? I'm terrified. (laughs) <laughs> I think I'm, I'm not terrified. I mean, I think that's long outside of, I think we'll be long gone before that, that actually could I happen. I hope so. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared of the robots. Well, remember, they'll Don't, never have so- your beautiful brain unless they extract it from you and put it into an AI, which right. I don't know. Or we could I have like that- a... 
an ex machina situation, right? Where they become sentient. We're getting a little off topic here, but I'm just saying. I don't know, but it leaves us with something to think about. The future freaks me out. Yeah. Anyways, parting thought. Give you nightmares. Parting thought. I know Be afraid. Yeah, thanks, Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> Want to go pro with your freelancing career? Check out creativeclass.co for more information. <laughs>